0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, and we are, you know, folks, March Madness is in full swing. There's so much going on. We had a Wisconsin Junior Day for football recruiting. We had, of course, Wisconsin Pro Day for the now former Badgers that are headed to uh, their hopes for the NFL. We've covered all that this week. And of course, men's basketball, Wisconsin, falling early. Uh, maybe not unexpected it's because how tough the Big Ten is and who their opponent was in number seven Michigan State and whatnot, but Wisconsin falls 69-63 to the Spartans in Indianapolis. And joining us right now, of course, another senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. We got Ben Morgel here. Ben, I know you're traveling right now through Big Ten country, going through think you said, West Lafayette just a little bit ago, but did you expect to be driving back so soon? from Indianapolis?
1: Well, I certainly thought that there was a chance. Um, you know, if you look at this Wisconsin team and how they played on Sunday and you know, without Johnny Davis they did not play particularly well. Um, you know, they really struggled down the stretch, all of nine, they had scored in the last five, forty something. And you know, Davis you hoped would be back and I thought that was good news for Wisconsin, but well, I think what people didn't, didn't take into account for is that he didn't practice very much this whole week. And when you don't practice uh, for a considerable length of time, or at least practice at 100%, your rhythm is off. Your timing's off. And I thought Davis early didn't see that critical shot go down. I think that caused him maybe to force it a little bit. And he started to play faster. He started to play a little bit more aggressively. And that kind of snowballed on him. Michigan State did a great job of filling gaps, rotating defenders on him, and making them work. And you know, go one for 10 in the first half, and then three for 19 in overall, just just not a great performance from him, obviously. And the problem was is that no one else really stepped up outside Brad Davidson. Davidson's done a really good job the last two games and kind of leading the offense, but Wisconsin needs more offensively. And that's not something that's shocking. You know, this is a team that has struggled shooting the ball pretty much all year. Um, They're like, 42.7 percent of the team that's like 260th in the country and so davis has been a key cog for them and when you don't get his offense you you need to rely on doing everything else right and wisconsin really struggled with some of the fundamentals too last night and you know that's why a, a michigan state team that wasn't great by a search and imagination but was much better than wisconsin and ended up winning the game
0: Right, you mentioned that you know three Badgers in double figures. There's Davison with 23 points on eight of 15 shooting. Johnny Davis had 11. You mentioned three of 19, 0 of five from three point range. Uh, a double double, even uh, the you know having an off game again. Uh, 11 points, 11 rebounds, and then you know Chucky Hepburn, the only other player in double figures, uh, who seems to step. You know, obviously you're starting to see him step up with some bigger plays. Four or nine from the three uh, from the field, three of five from three point range. I guess the one looking at just, you know, you had your takeaways post, your quick hits kind of recapping for us in podcap podcast form, you know, what were just your takeaways from this game besides you mentioned bef- what you mentioned before, but I think one thing too, might be the, the free throws where a team that's on the season right now currently is over 74% only hit 12 of 21 from the charity stripe.
1: Yeah. They didn't get there enough, Jake, um, you know, just seven in the second half. And you know, that was a problem too against Nebraska where they got into the double bonus and the bonus so early and you have to file thirteen minutes of the game, they only shot two free throws. Wisconsin tends to get two jump shots happy at times and unfortunately that is not really their their MO. They're better when they attack, when they play through the post and when they draw contact. And you know, Wisconsin just hasn't done that here the last week. And especially when you're digging out of a hole like you were on Friday night, to not score when the clock is off you know, that that can you know that plays a factor and you know it's not just one guy missing free throws it's you know a bunch of guys you know checking up missed two in the first half and you know davis did this one davis had a chance for a three-point play and didn't convert you know chris Vogt probably the weakest free throw shooter on the team and he was one for four so you know there's, there's a host of issues there I thought defensively they were really good the first 20 minutes, but they had to be. They only trailed by two when Davis was one for 10 from the field and they shot so poorly. I think they were up 26%, if I remember correctly. But defensively, as the game wore on, they let Marcus Bingham Jr. just get to his spots and be aggressive. Uh, you know, Michigan State scored on, on eight straight possessions. That really blew kind of the game open to a degree uh, for the Spartans. Wisconsin never was able to regain the lead after that. Uh, Bigham Jr. was critical during that stretch. He had, you know, he averaged coming into the game 8.9 points per game, and he had nine points on that run, finished with 19-11. You know, and I've said it before, Wisconsin's biggest weakness this year is when they go up really good against really good front-court players. Kofi Coburn, Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson for a half. Those players have had their way with Wisconsin and, you know, that's going to be an issue with them come tournament time. If they go against a team that's got a really good front court, Badgers typically have struggled in that department, whether it be defending or foul, uh, you know, Tyler wall uh, played. Okay. But, you know, Stephen Crowell was in foul trouble throughout the first half. Uh, Chris Volt picked up uh, three fouls in the first half, you know, that's that hurts Wisconsin's rotation of the front court and makes them go deeper into their bench. And the bench this year just hasn't been consistently good enough to be relied upon for, for long minutes. I um, mean, you know, four bench players played last night and they scored a grand total of one point and had seven fouls. So, I mean, they were scored 18 to one on the bench. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that Wisconsin can fix, but it starts with the free throws and limiting fouls and then drawing fouls themselves to get to the free throw line to at least give yourself an opportunity to get some
0: free points. Absolutely. I was going to mention that 18 to 1 bench uh, <laughs> that, that advantage for Michigan State over Wisconsin and then talking about on the inside points in the paint the Spartans led the Badgers 34 to 28 in that yeah, 24 statistic- of
1: those came in the second half too, Jake. They only had 10, Fish had 10 points in the paint at halftime and no offensive rebounds. So it just goes to show how drastically those numbers were in the second half of Wisconsin was just kind of future defensively. They just never could get that big stop that could maybe turn the tie in their favor.
0: Now, looking kind of overall now, I mean, after clinching at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title, the, the theatrics and the the drama of the final minute in the Wisconsin-Purdue game, and then obviously looking at, you know, having two losses, you have the Nebraska loss, then this against Michigan state, just does it feel like there's a hint of a damper for this team? But, you know, considering expectations heading into this season where you know, obviously leaving another kind of down, a down note, and maybe guys are tired or, you know, or whatnot, but does it put a damper on, on what's been a spectacular year overall compared to people's expectations?
1: Well, I mean, you, you can tell from talking to Johnny Davis and Brad Davis and Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn on Friday night that they were discouraged. They were disappointed. Uh, they felt they had a team that could make a run in this tournament. They wanted to get to this tournament after what happened on Sunday to kind of prove to themselves that they were the best team in the Big Ten. And, you know, they really, you know, they had their worst shooting performance in three months, you know, again, struggled defensively. Um, You know, it's it's a team that has flaws, and they have to do everything else really well to win, and and they've been able to do that for the better part of the regular season. But to end, you know, this past week with two kind of clunkers against Nebraska-Michigan and State, that kind of momentum you want to generate going into the NCAA tournament, you know, they said all the right things. They believe that they can use this early exit as time to rest and to get some guys who are injured healthy, especially, you know, Johnny Davis, Chucky Hepper hurt, hurt his hand against Nebraska was playing with it wrapped on Friday night. So this is time for them to recoup a little bit. You know, they're going to get a good seed. They're probably going to be a, you know, a three, you know, maybe they get a two. I doubt it. You know, at worst, a four, but they'll be a three. They'll be in Milwaukee most likely, uh, which would be great for them to be in front of their whole fans. So maybe that could give them a little bit of a boost. And, you know, Brad also said it best, you know, two games doesn't define our season. It's the entire body of work, all 31 games that they've played now. And for the most part, they've been really good. Uh, They've played very good. They've had, you know, two kind of clunkers back-to-back. You know, Sunday, if Johnny Davis plays the whole game, do they lose? Probably not. So, you know, you can maybe throw that in as a caveat. It's kind of, you know, the old saying, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. Well, Wisconsin wasn't expected to do much. Yet they went a share of the Big Ten, and now people are wanting more. People are wanting, you know, a long tournament run uh, coming up here over the next you know three weekends. And I don't know if that's in the cards for this team. Uh, I think probably with this team and where they're at, making the Sweet 16 is maybe their stealing. You know, they could surprise me, uh, but it's hard to see this team with that's been so reliant on one player to to have that one player carry them throughout a six-game tournament has happened before. Not saying it could happen again, obviously, but I think Wisconsin is kind of playing with house money to a degree. I mean, no one really expected them to be in this position. Yet here they are. Uh, They have a good record. They have a good resume. They're going to have a good seed. You know, these tournaments are funky. It just takes one bad 40 minutes and you're done, as Wisconsin found out on Friday. You know, Or it takes – 40 minutes of one team played really, really well to beat, beat you. Wisconsin's had that happen before, too. so uh, I think it's hard to define a season just based on what happens in March. I think what Wisconsin has done this year is phenomenal. Um, it puts them in a good spot moving forward. They'll have some key pieces to replace when the season's done, primarily Brad Davidson and more likely than not Johnny Davis, but Wisconsin's proven that they've been able to replace those kind of pieces before, so a damper in the short term, absolutely. Uh, but I think in the long term, the season will be viewed as a as a complete success, or I wouldn't say complete, but uh, uh, a phenomenal success with what this team was able to do to win a Big Ten title.
0: Agreed, I'm with you right there uh, in in that. And yeah, it's not the way you want to end it heading into the, the NCAA tournament uh, and whatnot. But it's you know what they've done so far has been you know amazing uh compared to what they're you know i know that it's been said many times but they were picked 10th uh you know in the preseason poll uh for media i think it was you know back you know months ago so uh, on that note ben you're just kind of taking a look at wisconsin's you know resume 24 and 7 overall the share of the big 10 regular season title 15 and 5 during regular season play in the big 10 looking at net rankings you tweeted this out they're number 25 now they dropped 4 spots uh they have 16 quad 1 and quad 2 wins uh 16 and 5 overall in that uh and then Ken Palm right now about thir- they're 34th there uh, i guess in terms you talked a little bit already about where their seeds could be do you feel the three a three seeds going to be where they're placed after after what's happened the past two games and how much do these tournament games play into the committee's decision-making and do you feel that they will be a three heading into the tournament
1: well i think these tournament games can certainly help the team that's on the bubble i mean just look at indiana indiana probably came into this tournament not in the field and they beat a bubble team in michigan and then they beat the big 10 co-champion in uh, illinois to probably play their way into the field, not have to go to Dayton and play, the play a game. So certainly the, the games can help. I don't know how much they can hurt a team like Wisconsin. Keep in mind that that was a quad one loss for them last night. It wasn't a bad loss. Um, and you look at the th- three of the games that they you know, Nebraska, Providence, and Michigan State at home, Wisconsin was not a key player in those games. They didn't have Johnny Davis for 17 minutes in the second half because of an injury to Nebraska. They didn't have Johnny Davis for the full game against Providence, which won the Big East and they didn't have Tyler Wall against Michigan State. So how will the committee view that? Will they maybe devalue those losses a little bit? And everything, too, with the metrics, you know, Wisconsin has taken a hit in the metrics because of some of their close wins against quote-unquote bad teams. Um, You know, all these games that they've won by two possessions or less against teams like Northwestern and Minnesota and Nichols and Penn State, you know, those View negatively in the metrics because Wisconsin didn't win the game by as much as the computers project them to, but they still won the game. And you know they won, you know, 15 in a row against uh, or in two possession games or whatever it was. That's phenomenal. So I think the committee, the eye tests will will help Wisconsin. Um, I think you'll look at them being a three. I can't see them being a two with seven losses, unless the committee really devalues those three losses I just mentioned. But, again, you have a team on a two-game losing streak, seven losses. It feels like a two is a stretch, uh, but I don't think they're a four either. I think they're a solid number three, and that that should put them in Milwaukee playing on Friday and have a favorable seed, and we'll see what region they get put into.
0: And with that, too, in your eyes, how many Big Ten teams do you feel will, will make it into the tournament?
1: Let's see. Wisconsin will, Illinois will, Iowa certainly will, Ohio State will, although Ohio State's trending downward. Michigan State will. I think Rutgers will. Uh, Michigan probably will, although they're gonna be probably in those playing games. Um so that's seven. Uh who, who am I missing, Jake? Uh, Purdue, Purdue will, Purdue will probably be the second highest seed. They'll probably be a three. Especially if they win today, Purdue could maybe challenge for a two and be in the Midwest and play in Indianapolis for their, uh, uh, their, their first game. That's Pete. I don't think I'm missing anybody.
0: Yeah. Not, not not Nebraska. It's almost like who won't be not Nebraska, not Northwestern, not Minnesota, not Penn state, Uh,
1: Maryland. and then Not Maryland. Right. People, people are screaming at their, their podcast listening device right now, so.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I,
1: don't know. I mean I, I think it, I think it'll be a solid field uh, for, for the Big Ten. I think probably Purdue is the best overall team in the league, although they have some deficiencies on defense. But I think they have a, a player like like Jay and Ivy. They have a front core with like uh, Trayvon Williams and Zach Eadie. Uh, that, that's a pretty good team. Um, Illinois is kind of wishy-washy this whole season I can't quite figure them out and uh, I guess you can kind of say the same about Wisconsin the Wisconsin's been still kind of up and down with just their overall play not their win and loss total but just their overall play in games and that's still the product of a young team that's going through these experiences really for the first time you know Chucky Epburn, your freshman uh, Stephen Crowell had a total of eight points and nine rebounds all of last year Ben Cross was injured for much of last year um, you know, you have a number of players that are kind of going through it the first time, and you know it, 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 it's going to be rocky to a degree, um, and it'll be interesting to see how Wisconsin can kind of shore up these things over this next week, uh, because as Greg Gard said, you know this team is only guaranteed 40 more minutes, and if they want to continue on uh, this march in this tournament, they need to play a, they need to play how they were played at the end of February. And against Purdue to open the month and not how they played this past week because Wisconsin's not going to win many games with Johnny Davis, you know, taking 19 shots and missing 16 of them. And they're certainly not going to win many games with Johnny Davis's 14 shots. They need other people to step up and contribute and not just be a one man show on offense.
0: Absolutely, Ben. We appreciate you making time on the road. What else you got? What else are we planning on BadgerBlitz.com for men's basketball co- coverage and March Madness coverage and all the craziness that's surrounding this type of month and the NCAA tournament forthcoming?
1: Well, there's a story up on the site now, or should be up on the site now, of a lot of things that we just talked about, about what Wisconsin needs to do going into this tournament to have a sustained run about how these players are not panicked. But certainly they acknowledge that things need to be fixed and need to be fixed quickly. Uh, we'll have full coverage on Sunday. Uh, both you and I will be covering uh, the selection show, kind of find out where this team is at, get reaction from the players. We'll break down the team uh, that Wisconsin's going to face. And Also, too, I got a feature on, on Brad Davidson and Greg Gard that's probably going to be posted on Wednesday or Thursday, just of how, how important Brad Davidson was to Greg Gard, kind of Greg Gard building the program back, and how important Greg Gard is into Brad Davidson, especially this past season. Uh, these two have been, you know, tied at the hip. And so kind of a cool little feature I've been working on over the last couple of weeks on those two. And, you know, that'll be up on the site this week too. And, you know, hopefully I'll be in Milwaukee and hopefully we'll have a couple of games to cover uh, at PatrickBuds.com. Ben,
0: man, as always, appreciate you making time, especially on the road. And those, uh, you talked about traveling through the, the windmill country up uh, down in Indiana, man. Appreciate you. Be well, uh, safe travels. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, talk soon. Folks, that's Ben Wargle, Benjamin Wargle, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills with some ads, come back, wrap up the show here on BadgerBlitz.com and the Badger Blitz, uh, BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We are back here on BadgerBlitz.com and the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Jake Okorowski, senior writer. Thank you all for... Again, uh, tuning in, and you heard from Ben Wargle just a minute ago. I was gonna wrap it up, but you know what? Kind of wanted to extend this a little bit. Talk about pro day, and I thought overall, Wisconsin, the players overall had a really good pro day. We're gonna keep this short because we're gonna play. You're gonna, I'm gonna play some audio from Matt Henningson, who you know you saw. You know in our takeaways post fan Hicks, Scott Nelson, two Wisconsin defensive backs have a really really good outing. You saw. You know, John Chanel, a fullback, hit a 37-inch vertical. You had Kendrick Pryor running really strong numbers, you know, a 4.38 40-yard dash. Uh, You saw Jake Ferguson improve his times and whatnot. You saw all the, you know, we had at least three articles up on BadgerBlitz.com just talking about Pro Day in general, and I I encourage everyone to check those articles out, but I want to focus in on Matt Henningsen because we didn't get a chance to talk with him uh, before the pro day, right? And so kind of want to talk about his day overall, which I thought was, you know, going back and relooking at all the stats. And there are a lot of stats, right? He had a low key, I don't know if you can call it low key. He had a really good, I'll say great day and, and whatnot. And I was surprised that he did not make the NFL combine attendant. You know, he wasn't a participant there. He wasn't invited. I was surprised by that. Uh, but he registered, you know, a 4.07 second 20 yard shuttle. And if you look at that, his time would have ranked first among defensive ends and defensive tackles who performed in Indianapolis last week. He, you look at his uh, shuttle, 7.02 second three-cone drill, that would have ranked him first among tackles and third among ends who participated in the combine, 37 and half inch vertical jump, 22 reps of 225 pounds on bench press, 119-inch broad jump. I mean, I think he really helped his cause. On Wednesday, inside the McLean Center, in front of all 32 NFL teams, they had one personnel was from each team was at least in attendance, and 43 total personnel were there. And a rep from the XFL was in town too to view it. So Wisconsin Pro Days are always well attended. Uh, and that speaks to the caliber of player that you know Wisconsin develops in my eyes, and you've seen the, the respect in that regard there. But you know, I thought Hanksen had a really good day. I thought several Badgers had really good at you know mornings into afternoons with how they performed and of course again go back to badgerblitz.com check out my takeaways check out all the videos on our youtube channel and then on top of that i had a notebook talking about you know the four badgers complimenting their nfl combine performances some improving them like jake ferguson with his 40 yard dash time and his vertical jump along with you know talking about Matt Henningson's day. Uh, all the former Badgers in attendance. We tried to lay out how much. I didn't. Th- I don't think I caught everybody, but there are plenty of former Badgers in attendance as well. So, without further ado, here's Matt Henningson after pro day, talking to reporters.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm I'm happy with how I did today. I mean, you always improve, but um, it, I'm happy with it, and I'm looking forward to the next step. Yeah. I've been in Fort Myers, Florida, um, training at X3 Performance with Jordan Lowell and um, and LB and uh, Nate O'Neill. How helpful has that been to kind of be able to concentrate exclusively on? Oh, it's been great. I've right? been able to get away from everything and just train, get, become the best football player you can be. I mean, it's definitely something different, but it's something that I I definitely enjoy. Any visits planned? Yeah. Oh, not yet. Okay. The
0: pills that yes, sir. you were hoping
2: for? Yeah. You, that, it was what, a good number. Is that the best you played? Yeah.
0: Okay. What have you been told is realistic? What are you expecting to happen?
2: I mean, I, I'm not thinking too far ahead, honestly. I'm just taking it step by step, I'm hoping someone takes a shot with me. What have you heard from teams in terms like, your position? You've seen people talk about inside, defensive uh, line? I've actually heard a wide variety of things based on where I can play. Um, when, uh, I mean, I've, I can bump inside. You saw me here, I, I was doing a lot of different. Um, techniques here. Whether I, I mean my prior, my main position here was a four I, um, but uh, they bumped me down to a three, to a two I a little bit, even down to a zero. Then they also bumped me out to a five. And I think I, I'm, I, I think my versatility is an asset um, that that teams can see, and I, I hope that they can see that. from me. What did you think of the numbers that Leo put up? <laughs> yeah, Leo's the baller, right? He, he doesn't surprise me one bit. He, he knows what he's doing. He. he he trains well, he works hard. He, he, he deserves every number he gets, including the number that's gonna be on that signing bonus form. When did y'all kind of see that he was
1: capable of being just kind of prospect? I mean, he wasn't a high recruit?
2: I mean, as soon as he got here, we knew. You just look at Like, just look at him. You saw him run the 40. Well, No, you didn't, but you saw him do stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to see. I can't believe he wasn't a high recruit. How was, how was your experience with the uh, East West Triangle? It was good. Um, I, I was able to get my practices done there. I, 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 unfortunately, I couldn't play um, due to a, a minor injury, but I'm feeling good 100% now, and it was a great time while I was there. It,
0: what? How did they utilize you in terms of, before you were injured? In terms of how they utilize you, was it, how different was it compared to what
2: you did there? So it, it was a, di- a little bit of a different scheme. Um, they had me from down to a 2i or a 3 all the way out to a 6 technique over the tight end or a seven. Um, so I was playing a little bit outside a little bit more um, just because of what was needed out of necessity. We had a lot of bigger guys, and I happened to be one of the more smaller defensive end tackle players. Um, and I, I was able to translate out to that position pretty well.
1: How are you handling the mentality of this? I mean, this is probably, it's such a daunting process to think about this could be the next step in your career.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think it's been awesome, right? I. At the end of the day, you just got to stay in the moment, right? I mean, like I said, I'm living the dream right now. I'm doing everything I can to become the best athlete, best player, best uh, person, uh, smartest guy I can be. And um, it's, it's been awesome just working on it every single day. Matt, what young defensive ends that are still in the roster, maybe haven't had a chance to see a ton of stood out to you last season that you can have a bigger shot this I mean, there's a lot of guys in that D-line room that are pretty good at playing ball. Um I mean, you look at Rodas, a guy who's an athlete, who, who's getting, who's almost changed his body a little bit. The, a stronger, more athletic player while he's out there. He's, it's, it's very impressive. Um, you look at James. He's putting up huge numbers in the weight room, right? He's He's been going crazy. I, I come back and I hear James is going crazy in the weight room. And then, of course, there's the tree. <laughs> who's just insane, um, just a, a giant human being of force while he's on the field um, at the defensive end position. And, I mean, Keanu's not a young guy anymore, but he's, he's a hell of a player. Any of your D-backs or your secondary guys here surprise you? Tells me some fast numbers and high jumps from them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. These guys, these guys are the best there are in the country, right? Uh, no nice. doubt in my mind. Did you think Leo would hit a, a higher number on the bench? I've seen him hit a higher number on the bench. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he, he dropped some weight, right? He wanted to he wanted to be right at 250, and I understand. And he was really fast. It's tough to be that fast while benching that much. Uh, I would have almost said it was impossible to be that fast while benching that much, but he apparently can do it, so, yeah. Matt, you mentioned the versatility of being an asset for you. Do you have a spot where you're most comfortable or you feel like you've just had the most experience at I mean, I've had the most experience in a 4i. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's where I put. I think I put some of my best films um, in a 4i. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think I'm versatile in that. I, I've made plays from a 3. I've made plays on the edge. So. You looking forward to gaining a bunch of weight if somebody puts you inside? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I could, I could, I, I'd feel comfortable at 300 pounds. Say,
0: kind of off the... Here, but what's your favorite
2: Jim Leonard story? Do you have a favorite Jim Leonard story at all? Ooh, I don't know if I have a favorite Jim Leonard story. I've heard there's a lot of them. Right? I mean, he's he's a good coach. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's a smart guy. I don't know if I got a specific story though.
0: And that wraps up another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. Really appreciate y'all making time. Big thanks again to our fellow senior writer. Benjamin Wargo, who's traveling back from Indianapolis and the Big Ten Tournament. So, of course, make sure you follow wisconsin.rivals.com, badgerblitz.com for more for all the March Madness coverage you need as Wisconsin fans. And, of course, you can check out other avenues, too. We have our podcast, obviously, listening to right now, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, check us out there. Leave us a, uh, we'd love a five-star review. Why? Because it helps us expand the ban- brand. And if you have feedback, let us know too. We love hearing how we can improve the product too. Uh, also hit that subscribe button. And then on top of that, folks, be sure to check out our YouTube page, subscribe there, subscribe to YouTube and to our YouTube channel and to podcasts are absolutely free, right? So Gives you all the great coverage there. A nice little morsel of information or morsels of information uh, for what we provide overall at BadgerBlitz.com. Again, hit those like buttons, hit those subscribe buttons there. And then, folks, we'll tune in. We'll have a lot more coming up this week. There's so much. Uh, obviously, March Madness takes precedent, but we're going to start up our. Spring football position previews because Badgers start spring football on March 22nd. So I'll, you know, I'm planning to be down there for all available practices whenever they, whenever Wisconsin makes them open uh, to reporters. So stay tuned there. But we got a lot more coming up. I'm really excited. This is one of my favorite times of the year overall with March Madness and spring football kicking up. And of course, recruiting never sleeps, recruiting never stops. So you have more from John McNamara and us too on BadgerBlitz.com. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the warm up here if you all are living in Wisconsin. Be well, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon.